Montebello Church Sermons. And we want to welcome you all this evening. This is a very, very special service. We're inviting you to be a part of a communion service, and we're going to ask you to prepare yourself and see that you have some bread or some saltine crackers for communion and some juice of some sort for communion because we want you to partake with us and we're inviting you to do this. Now, Paul had a church, a problem in the church, the Corinthian church, because they were living in sin. They were coming to the communion table and they were defiling the communion table because they were not understanding how sacred and how special it was. And 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this directive from the Lord. In the following directive, I do not praise you, for your meetings are doing more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. He said, I believe it's true. But when you come together, you need to understand that you need to solve this problem. Do not continue to have a wrong attitude at the communion service. So Paul's going to correct our attitude. He's going to show us how we can have a right attitude, and that's what he's concerned about. Now, what was happening is when they would come together, they had the love feast, and so they shared the meal together. But they were dividing into small groups, and some groups would go up by themselves, and others would not allow the other people to participate with them. And so some people were actually eating crusts of bread, and others were peeping, e eating a steak and lobster, as it were, and so they were coming together and the people, the steak and lobster people wouldn't let the breadcrumb people come and partake with them. So they were separating it and they were rejecting each other. And so there was prejudice and they were judgmental and there was rejection and there was bitterness and there was harshness. And so instead of having a good time together, they were having a miserable time because some people were being excluded and other people were made to feel unimportant and other people were being puffed up. And Paul says, this is not the Lord's table. It's actually what he says. He said, this is not the Lord's table because it is not a gathering together of unity because communion is to recognize the unity that we are one in Christ, that when Christ died, he established it so that we can be of one communion and God is concerned, and Paul is concerned, that they're not acting that way. And so what he does, he says, I want to correct this. I want to show you how to correct this. And in correcting it, he says, this is how the Lord disciplines. That if there are those people that get sick and die, because they have this the attitude in their heart towards the other people, and there's not a forgiving spirit, there's not a kind spirit, there's not a gentle spirit, but there's division and fighting. Now he says, there will be divisions amongst you. He says, that's all right, because if there's heresies amongst you, then the godly people will be wise enough to correct it. If you have no heresy, you can't correct it. So you have heresy, so you correct it. And that's what Paul is doing in this case. He's correcting it. He says, I want you to do this correctly and biblically in a way that pleases to the Lord. And so he gives them this directive. And here is the key. He says, here's what you do when you come together. Let a man examine himself. And what he's saying in that is every man can examine his own heart. 
This is not a preacher. This is not a board. We're not talking about church discipline now. We're just talking about a normal congregation. And it says, let a man examine himself. That means that every man can examine his own heart. A board doesn't do it. Your wife doesn't do it. The elders don't do it. The pastor doesn't do it. I remember a church in Eastern Oregon that the pastor really got his feelings hurt by the congregation. He got so mad at them. He says, I'm going to bar you all from communion. Now that's unbiblical because barring people from communion is not a pastor's job. It says here, let a man examine himself. And in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul tells us how that works. He says, every man has his own heart, is able to judge his own spirit. And you wonder, what does that really mean? He's saying, other people don't judge you. You judge yourself. And when you judge yourself, you are not going to be brought under condemnation from the world. So what is he saying here? He's saying a man needs to examine his own heart. And when he does that, and he confesses his sin, and confesses it as wrong, he says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you come to communion, confess your sin, and when you've done the confessing, understand that it's put under the blood of Jesus Christ, and you are free. And then he says, let everyone partake. He doesn't want us to stay away from the Lord's table. He wants us all to partake together because we recognize that the whole matter of correction has been dealt with. So now he says, now go ahead. And when you partake of communion, you are recognizing the Lord's death, death till he comes. So in some ways, every communion service is like a sermon and you're preaching to the whole world that Jesus Christ has died for your sins, has paid the price, had died on the cross, has been buried and rose again. Because he's tri triumphant, he has had victory over all of sin and all of the failure that you have, and it's settled, and your heart is right with God. So you can come together and enjoy the communion, and that's why it's a celebration that you are to have together. So if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us your sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you need to know that the Apostle Paul has a unique position. He says here, I receive from the Lord that which I pass on to you. What does he mean by that? It means that Jesus Christ came in revelation to the Apostle Paul and revealed to them what happened on that day that he was betrayed by Judas. He said, the whole matter, when he took the bread and he break it, and when he took the cup and he drank of that, he says, Jesus actually revealed this to the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul passes this on to us. And this is before any of the Gospels were written. And you say, what, what does it mean? It means Paul writes in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And Paul is saying that when Christ died, I need to recognize I died with Christ. And I died to the old life and the old selfishness and the old prejudice. They are all put away. They are put under the blood. And Jesus Christ has cleansed it all. And that's the beauty of why we come together. Because we are cleansed. And as a body of believers, 
We have all experienced that forgiveness and that cleansing, and we identify with Christ's death that he's died for us, and he rose again for us, and we are victorious. And so in all of these things, he's saying, I want you to understand this is your identification with Christ. It's a little bit like water baptism. Now, it would be kind of complicated if every week we had to baptize everybody all over again. But the communion service is like the, the baptismal service that you've buried. You've been buried under the water, placed under the water, and you come up, you're risen. And that's what baptism means for us. We're saying, I've died with Christ, and I've been risen with Christ. So likewise, with communion, we're saying, this is the cup in my blood. The blood means death. And Jesus Christ died, and we died with Christ. Therefore, the old life, we're died from, we're dead from. We're, we can move away from it. It doesn't belong to us. It has no right to own us anymore. We are now free, and we're made pure and clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we can come together as brothers and sister, sisters and recognize that we are one body and therefore we can glorify Christ in our body. So the key in this whole situation is let a man examine himself. Some people say, well, I have a right to examine you. No, no. He says, no man really understands the spirit of the man, but the spirit of the man understands himself. So every man knows. I know one wife went and says, well, I understand my husband. And he went and says, no, you don't understand me completely because you don't know the secrets of my heart. So everyone has his own secrets. So you come to the Lord with those secrets heart. And if there's sin there, you confess it and you deal with it. And then you're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So therefore, let us come together and let us partake of communion together, knowing that we have qualified ourselves to partake. Now, what was happening in that church? Because they were having such a wrong attitude towards each other, there were people that were sick and then had died because of this. You say, they actually had died? Yes, because the Lord protects his table. It's not for the pastor to protect the table. It's not for the board to protect the table. But God says, I will protect it myself. So if you come along and all of a sudden you're sick and you keep being sick all the time and you don't understand why you're sick. Now, not all sickness means that you're being disciplined from the Lord. But you can ask the question, if I'm sick, is there something wrong with me? Do I have sin in my life? Then you need to face it. If it is sin, you deal with it, you confess it, and put it under the blood. Because to continue to take communion, not having confessed your sin, is to eat and drink judgment to yourself. Because you're despising the church, you are putting the church down, and you are desecrating it. But God says if you confess it, then your heart is clean, and then you're ready to partake together. And that's the beauty of what the Lord says to us, that he wants us to come, let a man examine himself, and then let him partake. And when he partakes, he's recognizing the Lord's body. It means that we are one. Remember, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. Doesn't mean that his body was not, not a single bone in Jesus' body was ever broken. And, and scripture is very clear about that. Not a, a bone was broken 
but the bread is broken because it's going to go to a number of different people. And so he, he wants it to be spread out, recognizing you are together and that you come from one body. And it says, and there is one cup. That means that the cup is talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we identify with that blood, we're saying, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me now. And so that is the new relationship that the Christian has, is a communion with Christ that's real and vital. And God wants us to understand it's a very sacred time. So when you partake, you are declaring to the whole world, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and that I've died with Christ and now I've been raised anew in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's the new life that we now live. And then God says, go ahead and partake together. Don't be critical. Don't be judging other people. But let a man examine his own heart, put it under the blood, and then partake in the communion elements. Now, we want to invite you to partake with us. And I, wherever you are, in your, your house, wherever it's set up, if you can gather together, and we have some bread here, and I'm going to invite you to come, and I'm going to break it, and I want to distribute it to others, and we have others here. We pass it to you, and I'll pass it to you. And Jesus said on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he break it, and he gave thanks for it. So we'll take time right now to thank the Lord for the broken body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for that which symbolizes your body, which was divided for us, and it is given to us as a unity to recognize that we are one in you. And we ask that as you will bless us together as we partake, and we thank you for it and give you the glory. Amen. And Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Shall we partake together? So like manner, in, in like manner, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup in my new covenant. It's a new relationship. The new relationship is that I've died to the old life, and now I've been raised with the new life. And so this cup means I've come into a new living relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's give thanks for it as well. Lord, we thank you for this cup. Lord, it symbolizes your death on the cross. Lord, we don't understand how it worked that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. But Lord, you died on the cross so that my sins can be forgiven and I can be right with you. I can be in harmony with my brother. And so, Lord, I thank you for this cup and thank you for the price that you paid. And we ask you to bless it for your glory. Amen. So you take the cup and with me together, I invite you to partake. And the Lord says, now go and God bless you. Go in harmony, in joy, and rejoicing in this, that we're made clean and pure in Christ Jesus. So let's pray together. Lord, how wonderful it is that even though we're separated all around the world, we are one body because we worship one Christ who is the living Christ. You died for us and you rose again victorious. And Lord, we look forward to Easter, a day that we celebrate your resurrection because it all comes together. You paid the price 
you paid it completely, and you, the father was satisfied with that sacrifice, and you say, forgive them, for they have confessed your sin, and they have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and therefore, Lord, we are clean and pure in you. We thank you for the harmony that is ours and the unity that is ours, Lord, because you are a gracious God, a God that has made this incredible provision and that we can celebrate it this Lord's Day. And Lord, we can come every time at communion service and know that once again, we renew those vows and we vow to follow you. You are our Lord and our Savior, and we worship you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And the Lord bless you as you go and protect you, and may the Spirit of God be with you wherever you go. And we're going to rejoice in the Lord and thank you for being with us. Montebello Church Sermons.